0: Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. What uh, a great guest today. We have Dan Lizette. I, I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, so, Dan's a super cool dude. He hosts a podcast called The Podcast Digest, which is a fucking amazing podcast. And if you're like probably listening to this, you're probably super into podcasts too. And Dan is has this kind of like a niche podcast where he brings you. Uh, fellow podcasters, and they kind of give you some behind the scenes of their looks at their show. I mean, he's had people on from lore, ninety nine percent invisible, uh, little known facts. I'm looking at this; it's just insane. Um, but the thing I, I, I like about a show too, it's uh, besides, I mean, some really big names. Uh, the, he's got some uh, friends of the show, like uh, Paula Allen from Tell Me Stories or Kyle Appleyard from The Shark Dropper, have been on. So it's a good mix of some of the really big uh, podcast and some. Um, and some of the indie-era podcasts, which I like to consider semi-professional, if they could joke about it. has So uh, just a wonderful show. I think it's great. It's a great way. and Dan has had such a great radio voice, and he really can open your eyes on and shed some light onto some really great podcasts. So I think what he's doing is wonderful, and I think there's actually more need for people like Dan out there. Uh, and I'm, he's been at it forever, and he's just kicking ass and taking names. So it's just such a treat to actually have him on here. And uh, it's kind of works out good because right now we're in March and there's been, I think someone from NPR started this, or but there's been a big push called Hashtag Tripod and it's, the idea of it is for you to encourage someone to check out a podcast. I mean, if you want to use mine, that'd be great. But it could be any podcast. Show someone how to use them. And then hashtag tripod and let people know what you showed them. Podcasting is huge. It's great. I really think we're on to something. I think there's a huge bubble about to burst or something things about to happen. Like we're kind of at this tipping point where it's about to become the most mainstream thing. And then yet sometimes there's people never even heard of them. So it it kind of blows my mind. Uh, so, I mean, this is a good month to use tripod. Go listen to podcasts. I, Podcast Digest. Listen to those back episodes. Tell people to listen to podcasts. I just tell them to listen to Let's Chat. Tell them to go listen to the shows you learn about his show. I mean, I found his podcast, which you talk over here, called Little Known Facts, Leon Lewis. And then I was going through it today. He just – I think he told me about a great podcast called The Hilarious World of Depression that I cannot wait to uh, check out as well. And uh, what interesting about this episode, we end up talking about – besides podcasts, and (laughs) some. it's weird. This has never happened before. We end up talking about hip-hop. And Dan gives me this really cool idea where I start telling a wedding story with to add a song, and that usually never happens, but I want to give Dan full credit for that. Uh as always, you can find me on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Let's Chat Podcast. Make sure you check out Dan online. Twitter's he said his most active his most active uh medium, so it's at Pod Digest. There's a website, thepodcastdigest.com. dot com. His personal Twitter is at Dan Lizette, which if you basically find uh podcast digest, you'll find that. Then uh you know, let's get to it. Let's chat with and Friends is part of Court and
1: Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows. That popped us live, talking Chandelain, we got five, and TV ate my brain at far. I'm in the limelight cuz I'm
0: tight time to get paid blow what like the world trade, bounce in the opposite of the winner remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner peace to Roger G Brucey B get to break folks last love bus star seat You probably like hey how did this guy find me so I will tell you <laughs> um besides Potter and family I do another sketch comedy podcast with someone on Twitter you might know as named Bubble yes. Wheat. I don't know if he, yes, no. yes, yes, and I
1: heard the episode when he had mentioned me. Yeah.
0: Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, great." And I um I started thinking about your podcast more, and then I, I so I went through First off, I like I I had followed you for a while and like so I looked through your list. I was like, "Oh my god, you've had some impressive people, but you also had uh, my my um, my pod pal uh, Paula from Tell Me Stories on." So, I was yes. like, "Oh, not a bad place to start." And then I just really liked your show. And uh but you feel such a niche market of, like, podcasting, there's no good centralized way. It's not like music. It's not like movies or film. It's kind of the wild, wild west. So it's hard to find new shows, and your show is perfect. So anyone listening, listen to Podcast Digest, and you will find new podcasts to listen to. And it's, it's brilliant. And I'm just so fascinated by your concept.
1: Oh that's, that's exactly what I, I went for, Chris. I mean it's um you know, when I started this whole thing in September of twenty fourteen, the goal was exactly that, right? I wanted to start a show because I had familiarity with the microphone and I was like, What in the world would I ever start a show on? And I'm like, what do I have to add, you know, in terms of voices in the world and I'm like it would have to be something I consider myself, you know, pretty well versed at. And I'd been a podcast fanatic for for seven, eight years at that point, always listening all the time, day job, nights, weekends, all the time listening. And I'm like, well, I I like to think I know a lot about some great shows, you know, and you know, you and probably a lot of other people listening have had this experience where you listen to podcasts, you like podcasts. Oh, yeah. But you have friends and family who are like, what's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And and so you you don't honestly get to have like those water cooler around the – you know, uh, around the break room conversations because it's very few people, you know, at least back in, you know, in, uh, 14 when I started this thing for sure. And, you know, it's an ever increasing number, but I said, well, that, that, that's what I could do a show about. And the word digest kind of came from that concept of like reader's digest, the that's idea of like, you know, a, a single place to like find all the great stuff. And, uh, so that's what I started off. I mean, my first 18 episodes were you talk about those early episodes being ones that were like, you know, ooh. And it was just me recommending two shows, uh, which was terrible, uh, before I decided <laughs> to uh, move to an interview-based format. and then, uh, but, but I kept sort of the legacy feeling where every, I, I say eight to ten episodes, but I've kind of strung that out many times. But I, I did one recently, a couple of weeks back, with a recommendation-based episode where I just grab a co-host, somebody else who I know is a podcast super fan and we just talk about two great shows we each love so i kind of kind of kept that 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 uh, old legacy feeling around even nowadays so
0: have you heard of a uh, podcast brunch it's kind of like a new thing yes. that's starting
1: yeah. uh, that is adele i've met adele oh no way in person at Podcast Movement 2016 in Chicago. I met her, um, who's coordinating with that, and uh, she is awesome, and the work she's doing is amazing. I met her right before Podcast Movement because I created a little Slack group of sort of friends of the Podcast Digest that were going to be in Chicago last year, and she was friend of a friend of a friend, and so we wound her into our Slack group and ended up meeting her in person, and she told me more about what was going on. I actually put her in contact with... Dave and Steve from uh, International Podcast Day last year, and they did a little segment uh, during International Podcast Day because I think what she's doing is flipping awesome. The idea of almost a podcast-based book club all around the world—it's so cool.
0: Yeah, I just signed up for it, and they don't have one where I live, so I'm like talking to them now about setting one up where I live, and um, I'm I'm kind of excited for it. And I'm like, uh, Mm because I live in Providence, Rhode Island, and there's a pretty popular podcast true crime podcast called crime Town that takes place here so like yes. how perfect would that be because like, i yes. i listen to it and i'm driving around for my job all day anyway and like finding these spots and like some of them they mentioned like the street off of what i live off of i was like oh my god this is insane
1: <laughs> i am listening to Crime Town as well i uh that yeah, is it's, pretty amazing yeah it's,
0: <laughs> it's insane yeah. i i didn't grow up in rhode island so i didn't know these stories and um yeah, they mentioned the car dealership off Elmwood. I was like, "That's I know where that is. That's by my house. You're
1: yeah. learning a lot and thinking, wow, I'm glad I live here now as opposed to then. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh my god. that it, It's very strange here because people who like grew up here still like love Buddy Sansi, who is a twice-convicted felon, and there's an ed- episode dedicated to him kidnapping a human being and beating and burning him with a lit cigarette. And people know that part, and he's still around from there, a few years ago, and lost, but not by enough. Well,
1: Chris, if we've learned anything in 2017, it's that the, the personality of politicians and people who support them often don't align.
0: That's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> uh, so and
1: we'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just imagine we're both probably on the same page. I, I've been avoiding the politics, not politics, uh, talking about Trump on here because I just imagine. Well, you know, number wise, if you look at people who voted, it's just gonna be my guest and myself agree. So I'm like, it's no fun to have an echo chamber. I'm not gonna learn anything. You're not gonna learn anything. It's we're, we're all on the same page it,
1: yeah and it's just one of those hot button topics right it's 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 one of those ones where you know and on twitter i've i've tried to i think i'm, I'm probably like many people like i kind of used my stage and in, in, in twitter to kind of probably get political too much too often and, and in the last week or two i've been doing my best to sort of dial that back realizing that people aren't following me and people aren't you know uh looking at the Podcast Digest account as a place for that, that they're coming there for other things. So I've tried to keep it lighter, more podcast-oriented, and, and keep to that theme. But boy, it was tough there for a little while yeah. uh, I, to not sort of share your personal opinion, regardless of where it was on that spectrum, for a little while there. It, I think uh, we it, all, it America, just, had that, yeah. but
0: if I get a chance to troll a man, oh my God, I will not stop yeah. that, because that one, I've been going <laughs> with someone for a while about being a paid protester, and I yet, have been yet to be paid. So yeah, that'd be nice. Personally, I would, that's going to fuck up my taxes. I'd start
1: protesting if I could get Paid, honestly so I, I, would, I would do
0: a <laughs> lot yeah i was like are you kidding i didn't that get is this gonna screw up my w twos like what do we what do we do what do we do <laughs> what do we do but yeah oh so that's that's great because you're you're showing you i was listening to your episode with i don't want to screw up her name because it was such a fantastic interview uh ilana levine yes is you that said it right, right? okay yep. mm-hmm. I, I think I was, I was trying to say it wrong and it, it, it's just so funny because she's um in everything and she was she's so sweet and complimentary towards you towards the end i feel like i was gushing for you she's
1: amazing and she's one of those ones where you know i think there's there's this special kind of person right there's this um tier of us uh which i would consider to be like you know normals uh (laughs) then there's celebrities right that that live in this total other stratosphere that that it's very hard for us to put our arms around what their lives and world Mm -hmm. is like and then there's this tier in between and those people uh, it depends on how they sort of handle their life and what their personality is like Mm -hmm. but Alana sort of lives right there on the the upper tier of that and and but is constantly sort of hasn't forgotten what it's like to be a fan of something and, and really sort of Brings out a humanity in these celebrities. I mean, her guest list is ridiculous. I, you talk about interview based <laughs> shows, right? I mean, it's. I subscribed killer. after your.
0: I, I found you know. her podcast because of yours today, and I literally hit subscribe, and I'm looking through. I'm like, John Slattery, Molly Ringwald, what? Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like you you don't you don't get a bad I mean she's up there and I think I said this in my conversation I mean she's like the female Mark Marin in terms of guest list and that's not an exaggeration, folks. No, if I... you haven't looked at little known facts, just subscribe and look to the guest list. I'm not exaggerating. I, I was um, like, oh my God. And she's so approachable. And what's funny is if you sort of follow her what she's doing right now. When I talk with her if you in my conversation with her that was my episode 124 I released the, the first week of the year January 7th it came out um, I mentioned towards the end about the uh, an idea of a husband and wife podcast because she had her husband as a guest, and I was making an allusion to uh, putter and family friends and, and longtime friends of my show, which was Neil and Annalise from Dark Angels and Pretty
0: Freaks. Oh yeah, and that, you know what? That's why I thought it too because I saw that yes. she did uh, her their show, and and
1: she was like, and not only did she know what I was talking about, it said she listened to it, and what was funny the behind the scenes story of that as soon as I. I finished recording that night. I then hopped back on Twitter DM and, and shot Annalise a message. And I'm like, you'll never guess who I talked to and you'll never guess what she said. And she was like, really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I see Alana and Annalise connecting. And then Alana
0: Levine appears on Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Podcast community is the nicest people I've ever met from any level of just like uh, fellow podcaster to I don't like to use the word celebrity but people I've gotten to talk to people that I idolized or just never thought that, there's there's no reason we should talk but and then they're just gracious with their time and it blows your mind and I'm sure you've I look at your guest list too. I mean, it, I'm sure you feel the exact same way. I, I've had the exact same feeling, and that to me has probably Ugh. been the best thing. Right? I mean, when
1: you've been a fan of somebody, or you've admired somebody's work, or or you've gotten something from what somebody's done, and then somehow, some way. Uh, you find yourself you know virtually sitting down with somebody for X amount of time to be able to pick their brain and have a conversation with them that a year or two or three years ago you never would have imagined could have ever happened is a sense of enjoyment and satisfaction and personal pride in what you've done that that's hard to find elsewhere
0: so what was yours like what's one of your oh. one of your, one of yours I'm sure there's more than one but I mean, yeah, there's got to so be one that sticks out many.
1: um well, long-time listeners of my show will know I come from a, um, uh, I, I'm a big geek. I'm a big tech geek, um, consumer electronics tech. I'm a big Apple guy uh, and all this fun. And if anybody's ever been around in the world of, of Apple podcasts, there are a number of people that I've had a chance to talk to that I've literally had in my ears for years. Um, and I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of hours of listening to and never thought I would talk to Um a couple of those, John and Andy Anotko are two uh, huge uh, hosts in the Apple podcast community that I had a chance to sit down and talk to that just blew my mind. Um, and, and and that experience was really um, surreal to be able to talk to somebody who's been in your ears for, for that much time. Uh, in the non-tech space, I mean, Roman Mars, right? I mean, having a conversation with Roman Mars is... Uh, He's as cool as he comes across in ninety nine percent invisible, and 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 more so. Um, and that was just a uh, a stellar conversation. But I mean, I, you know, I've had so many of them. It's really hard to pin down to a couple, and just so many. Good people that that I've had a chance to talk to, and some of them I've got to know even further beyond. I mean, but you know, like Mignon Fogarty from Grammar Girl, I met in Chicago. Um, you know, Grammar Girl. Anybody who's been in podcasting has heard Grammar Girl, and um, you know, to get a chance to talk to her as well and what she's built over there uh, with quick and dirty tips and so on and so forth. It's it, it's just so many, Chris. It's <laughs> I could just go on and on and on.
0: That's that's awesome. Uh, I was at this PRX has a podcast garage studio community studio in Boston and Mm -hmm. um a past guest of mine turns out we ended up living like two streets away from each other which was just a small world um we just you know stayed in touch um Jacob Pollard of tell me about your songs and uh so he's basically invited me to this meetup.com up there and uh so I I had never been I was like oh yeah about an hour away so this is my first experience meeting a fellow podcasters in the world this is like two weeks ago and uh the woman, Alex, who was the manager of the place, just talking about the way it gets used as, like, community, but also, like, if Fresh Air needs a guest and they're in Boston, they come to the studio, or, like, or NPR, but I guess that Roman, the gentleman's name you just said, I can't remember his Roman name. Mars. Roman yeah. Mars. You should have seen, like, when they talk about him, everyone, like, kind of freaked out there, like, a little bit. I think, like, Radiotopia yeah. and some yes. of the Boston-based shows record out of said studio, mm-hmm. and, like, you should have just, like, everyone's like... Oh my god, Roman Mars. Just like the same just, thing. He's like this like weird god that I'm sure our parents are like, "Who?
1: You're making yeah, that up, he, right?"
0: Like And you know what's a funny fake name. is that, that that's a
1: guy who has come up in so many of my other conversations i've been very fortunate to speak to many of the radiotopia hosts but so obviously they would bring him up but even outside of that it's amazing how many people like obviously when i talk with uh you know the radiotopia staff i've talked to they all talk about roman but what i was amazed is how many people outside of radiotopia still talk about crossing paths with roman the influence that roman had on them uh, roman helping them out at one point or another i mean Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment tells that story. Al Letson from Reveal tells that story. Um, more recently, Dallas Taylor from 20,000 Hertz. I mean, he was longtime friends with Roman Mars, Wendy Zuckerman from Science Versus, when I talked to her, she talked about the time she worked a little bit with Roman Mars. And it's just like so many people, it's, it's sort of like the, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned this in a recent, but it's sort of like a coaching tree in the NFL where, you know, all these assistants that, you know, used to coach under him or, or produce under him have now gone on and done their things. Mm-hmm. But so many of them own, uh, you know, owe a part of their experience uh, to their time with Roman Mars. And I mean, I, they're the best ambassadors for, for, for who he is and what he does, you know, uh, all out there doing their own amazing things.
0: Yeah. I love that with else scenes, just who was nice to who and who helped out who like music or any sort of art. There's, there's always those stories and it's just, it's just nice when good people make good stuff and then they're nice and they're good. Like there's just something sweet about that. I love those stories. They just make me so freaking happy.
1: Yeah. He's one of them. That's for sure. And, uh, as you mentioned earlier you know in the podcasting space there's so many of those out there you know so many uh you know i mean how many guests have you gotten because somebody hooked you up with somebody else
0: i like the last hundred (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah or just someone was nice or put in a good word and um you must i don't know if you they've been on your show or not but like the unwritable rant folks have been like uh become new friends and have just been champions and uh their producer was getting uh, all these questions about how do you get celebrities on your show. And so he made like a 30 minute YouTube video, a PowerPoint presentation of how to book a celebrity guest, put it on YouTube and shared it for free. So, you know, people okay. listen like, oh, that's whatever. I'm like, but how many other industries out there would someone give away a trade secret for free right. just because? Yep. I want you. I mean, these are people. He's like, I had a question for him, uh, for David, and he gave me his number. He's like, just call me, and we'll talk on the phone. And if you're ever in Chicago, we'll grab a drink. And um, here's my one sheet. Just edit it. Do whatever you want. Like, he's just, no one does that. I mean, I, that's like corporate espionage, and here we are. Like, <laughs> here, have this yeah. email. Call this person. Like, oh, let me recommend. It's just, it's so, um, the medium is so user-driven, and I. that's what I love about it. It's and see, It's great.
1: You do a guest-based show, an interview-slash-guest-based mm-hmm. show. I've always said in two and a half years of doing this, you know, 129 episodes at the time of us recording, uh, that I've always said to me that that's the hardest thing is is booking and uh, all the things associated with that, whether it be responses from random emails or DMs or scheduling or availability or things like that. Would you agree that that's the, the biggest headache?
0: Yeah. And you know what's weird? I didn't know it was like a skill set that could lead to job opportunities, which I'm now learning. <laughs> so I'm actually happy that I've been doing it. Um, yeah, I I guess yes. But I actually have found – I find myself enjoying that part a lot. And the part I hate was the tech because I started this with a host who quit. And the idea was that I would do all of the groundwork of the talking and all that and he would be my tech guy. So the tech was hard to learn. But yeah, it it is hard. I mean – When there's, I'll be quite honest. When I had the chance uh, to interview a Simpsons writer and uh, um, Michael Price, I called out a work sick that day (laughs) because I was like, "Fuck it, I will do anything to make this happen." (laughs)
1: And I think I mentioned, uh, I don't know, I can never remember where I said things at this point, oh, Chris. Yeah, I but even I, I, I say a said lot it before. Of uh, it, uh, actually, I think I said this on the phone to somebody recently. But I bet you, since I've started my show, I've burned probably a cumulative weeks worth of vacation time mm-hmm. uh, just to be able to meet up with some of the people I've had a chance to talk to. I mean, some of the guests I've been, you know, super fortunate to talk to. If they say, "Hey, I'm available Monday at one p.m." Guess what? That's a half day, you know, yeah. because when I'm going through like, you know, the PR person or the agent for somebody and they say this is the only time they've got in the next month. Guess what? If you want that guest, you got to do something, you know, yeah. either you don't do it um, or you uh, you make yourself available. Uh, oh, yeah. And I've had to do that on, on any number of occasions. <laughs> and, you me know, too. it's it's fine, you know, to me, because. You know, I don't take a lot of trips. I don't have a lot of, you know, big giant uh, buckets of vacation time I'm using for A, B, or C. You know, oftentimes I may take a day just because I want to lay around or something. Oh, you know? uh, uh, and I'd much rather uh, book a guest, you know, in that case because uh, I'll lay around the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my wife <laughs> makes fun of me that, like, I'm just such an extrovert that, like, if I have a day off, I'm like trying to book interviews, even if they're not even get, just like friends. I'm, like, I just, I got to do something. I'm going to be home all day alone. I need to talk to someone because, yeah. God forbid I see the people I know in real life. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Well, you know, I, I moved here for my now wife about six years ago, and I was 26 when I moved here. And um, after college age, it gets really hard to make friends. So I have friends. Don't get me like I love them, but all the friends that I know here I've met as an adult. And adult friendships are different because it always involves eating or doing something but like the friends you grew up with forever like you go to their house and you sit around and watch tv and do nothing and then you go out but like <laughs> yeah. i don't those friends are live far away from me now so all my friends here are like the adult friends where we have dinners and game nights and adult things and rightfully so i don't want anyone sitting in my house for two or three days at a time anymore <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no that wouldn't work but yes yeah, that so wouldn't
0: that's work podcasting has become i've become like genuine like friends uh i've had like people i've met who are like Sending me like stuff off of my uh, my wife and I are having our first child and people are, like sending us yeah. gifts off the registry. I'm like that's oh, nice. pizza flavored uh, oriented gifts uh, towards nice. in onesie forms. I'm um, speaking of so oh, congratulations! And, yeah, thank you. I'm uh, very <laughs> excited. And I know I heard you say you are uh, married with children as well.
1: Yes, older children. I'm at the tail end of the process of the re- the marathon. You're just now starting. Ah,
0: yes, I start my <laughs> marathon a little later than some, but. Not yeah. terribly. Like.
1: Well, I, I married into them, so I got a late start, anyways. Uh, so now I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm towards the finish line, and uh, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Now, do, so. you, do your kids think that what you do is like super cool, or have they? Have it, has it ruined podcasting for them, or like, ugh?
1: Well, this is this is I am like probably ninety nine point nine percent of people. This is just my little side hustle. Um, so the day job is you know the thing that keeps the roof over those kids' head. Mm-hmm. But uh, they think that's boring, of course. But this, I don't know. They've never they they weren't really into it. I mean, every blue moon I'll come across something that I try to encourage them to check out because I think they'd like. And I don't know how it works. They're much more into YouTube and Apple Music and uh, you know <laughs> those type of things than than necessarily podcasts but i mean every once in a while they'll hear of a guest or something that may resonate what what's what's more ironic to me is uh, how many times they say things like their teachers listen to my show <laughs> uh which is odd um i did a, a little bit of um merch uh in the early days i got a i got this wonderful logo that uh uh, an awesome guy by the name of Matt Candela uh, designed for me way back in the beginning. And uh, I kind of went on a spree of putting it on everything I could. And so they got like t-shirts and hoodies and stuff with the show logo on it. And every once in a while, they'll wear it to school. And then that starts a conversation. And then the teachers will check it out. And uh, I'm just waiting to like be asked to like go to the school to talk or something. It hasn't happened. But But they'll tell me like, oh, yeah, Mrs. So-and-so heard that episode. They haven't listened to it, but their teacher has.
0: Yeah, that's... That's pretty sweet, though, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are; yeah. like, your kids will never like what you do. It just, my, like, you know, I, I've heard stories of even like, like Will Smith or I don't know who's a, who's considered cool anymore. I don't know what the kids do. I'm sure Adele's son is or Beyonce's kid and Jay Z's kids are like, oh, music, Dad. I like literature.
1: <laughs> exactly. It'll be something. Oh, hip
0: hop. uh go. I'm gonna listen to classical. Yeah. Emo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm actually quite the fan of that as well. <laughs> my dad has a uh, folk radio college radio show that he's been doing for years. So, um, And my friends were like, that's so cool. I'm like, I guess. It's okay. <laughs> but then he's like interviewed some like big names in his folk world that I'm just clueless about. And then like every so often a friend of mine would be like, I was listening to your dad's radio show and he was talking to Janice Ian. I was like, for Mean Girls? They're like, no. And they had to explain to me. I was like, oh, well, whatever. And I'm like, yep, it's well, the same thing.
1: And that's the thing about this, right? Is that more often than not, and, and there are definitely exceptions to this, and there are even more exceptions coming as as time continues to go on and and sort of the worlds start to combine because we're we're fulfilling the old mantra that everybody's got a podcast pretty soon. But I can't wait. for a while there, um, you know, there weren't that many celebrities. Now uh, there are a lot, and and so there's starting to be crossover now, where those mainstream stars mm-hmm. also record a weekly podcast. You know, look at podcast one folks it's you know, that's all it is guarantee you've heard a couple of them um and uh so so you know that's adding some notoriety to it you know where if those and, it's and this is a controversial opinion in the indie podcast world i personally love when the celebrities come over to podcast yeah me too well you know why because you know when you look at somebody like uh podcast one stone cold steve austin Right. When Steve Austin comes over and he has his show and it's wildly popular and successful. Right. He's bringing literally millions of fans from the wrestling world over to check out his podcast because he's not on TV anymore. So if they want to hear from him currently, they do. It. And guess what? Those people may never have or would have been a much longer time until they started to check out a podcast. Well, guess what? Depending on how you search it. My name's right there next to Steve Austin's. So how, personally, why is that? Well, I mean, just depending on, you know, the, the idea that we're all in the iTunes catalog. Oh, I thought right? like you. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I search uh, Stone Cold Revel, I'll pull Podcast One Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, let's chat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I I thought mean? for some so, reason you were going
0: to be like, Steve, <laughs> Steve Austin's you know? my father.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying like we're all playing in the same medium now, right? And, uh, you know, uh, you and I can't put on a wrestling show
0: no what i if you would never seen me i could not but
1: we could do a podcast with Steve Voss
0: yeah there's um, you know a I mean? that saying uh what is it rising tide raises all ships yeah. yeah yeah i i i didn't think of that quote either i i think who is it? um uh mark hershon he has the suskotash podcast uh he he actually writes podcast reviews for split slider and then huffpo and he was I nice enough to pick me for one, and so I didn't know how to react. So of course I had to ask him on my show and be new, his new friend. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's one way to react.
0: <laughs> what a wonderful guy! But and him and I had that conversation about how like even three years ago, no one knew what, a lot. A lot of people didn't know it was just not everyone knew what, knew what I was talking about. And I would have to say, I guess some people would point to Serial, but I think Serial was yeah. when more like the younger hipster millennial found it. Um. Technically, millennial, but when Obama went on a podcast, yep, when, on WTF with Mark Maron specifically, that was when my grandmother, who listens to uh, Fresh Air, NPR's uh, with Ter- Fresh Air with Terry Gross on the radio, would say, "Don't you have a podcast?" Or yeah, that was. I felt like that was the moment that
1: it was like a one-two punch. I mean, I think I, I don't think anyone can deny the impacts of cereal. But you're right. As a follow-up to that, uh, Obama on Marin, yeah, Marin, yeah, Marin, yeah.
0: What What is your ratio for every guest you have? How many you think episodes didn't make it from the email conception to sure I'll do it, and then never respond when it comes to scheduling?
1: If I'm if I'm twenty percent, I'm I'm happy, um, you know, and uh, and that means getting all the way through the end, right? I I get replies sometimes that are just denials. Uh, then I get no replies, which is probably the most common response. Uh, Then I'll get replies that just can't be worked out in scheduling. Um, You know, going back to the point of, you know, there are some people that uh, either their schedule is literally too busy, at least that's what I would get through their their PR or their agent, um, or it's um, uh, a scheduling impossibility, right? When I talk about, like, taking time off and things of that nature, I won't do that for everyone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if it's sort of... um, I hate to say it this way but uh, sort of a you know a mid-tier or low-tier guess I, you know look this is my calendar uh <laughs> you know but but I mean uh an a-lister like I said that's when the vacation time comes in I mean there's one I've been working on right now for a better part of a month and and uh I I don't want to say it yet at least not on air here Chris we can talk after but um but I've been working on for a no for a better part of a month and uh I I thought I had it lined up then all of a sudden uh his day job which was filming uh came back and wrapped him up for the next three weeks so I'm yeah, exactly. Uh, so I got to reach back out to him in the beginning of March and we'll see what happens. But, you know, those type of things happen all the time. So I'd say about 20 percent success rate at best.
0: I think sometimes that uh, when people are in PR mode, they're uh, actually a little happier to come on something like your show or my show. Or it's just like, oh, just breathe. You want to talk about stranger things? All right. Cool. <laughs> I try. I mean, I, if
1: I'm doing anything right now, it's it's trying to to channel or to um, you know do do cheap imitations of of people like Marin, of people like Brian Koppelman on the moment, of Terry Gross with Fresh Air, Al and on Reveal. Um, you know, these mm. are some of to me the best interviewers um, and the people who bring out the best in their guests. And that's what I try to do. And in and, and sometimes it works, or, or oh. at least sometimes I'm fairly content with mm. what came out at the end. Other times, uh, yeah, other times, you know, I just look back and I was like, oh, I was kind of like pulling teeth. And, you know, and I've had ones out there and I, I, I will never name names on that front, but there are ones that I feel like, you know, just didn't go that great and could have been better and the guest was either distracted or didn't seem really into it. I mean, because the reality is, you know, this is what what a lot of people tell me. They're like, "Oh, you have such a great back catalog and guests," and I I, I agree, and I'm I'm very humbled by those who've wasted their time with me. But uh, I I think a lot of them sort of recognize that they're like, "You're kind of a small fry. You're you're like a guy in a basement, right?" You know, <laughs> you know, people realize it. Uh, and then you you know, people who've just come from interviewing with Entertainment Weekly, and then they hop over to me, and then they're like, "What?" You know, and and sometimes that comes through, and and I try to just kind of overcome that, you know, with 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 a style, an engaging style. I hope that that comes off well, but sometimes it doesn't always work that well. Yeah, I I try to I, I try not to be a promotional vehicle. You know, I, I obviously when I feature somebody, when I when I have an interview with somebody, uh, it will shine my my little pin light of a, a spotlight on their show, and that's great. That's what I want. To have happened uh, but I don't want it to just be uh, you know a 45 minute to an hour commercial you know I really want people to learn something I, the way I look at it is I want it to be sort of companion material to the podcast where the hosts would would, would be as proud of that conversation as they are their own episode run so that if you want to learn more, Here's sort of, uh, I use the term director's commentary a lot, sort of equivalent of the old director's commentary on a DVD, right? Like sort of, you know, companion material to say, wow, this is how it happened type deal. Because, you know, some of these guests that I talk to, I mean, like, you know, my most recent episode is John Moe from The Hilarious World of Depression, which is an amazing show. Uh, But on that show, John's not going to go through you know, how he came up with that title, what the story was behind the artwork, that he traveled all across the country to talk to these people in person, the, what it was like sitting down with Andy Richter, who told the story about how he's been suffering from depression, you know, uh, and we're able to get into that on, on our conversation, but he, he can't release those details in the own, you know, in, in in his own episodes, so that's what I sort of hope to
0: provide. I got to check out that show, because I actually work in the mental health field, so that, and i love comedy oh, so it's it sounds like a mental this happy hour which i can't wait for
1: yeah it's it's pretty amazing what he's done with that show it's uh yeah exploring the world of depression through comedians um, and it's uh it it, it it is a revolutionary listen, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of, of course, mental mm-hmm. health podcasts, but this one takes a little different slant, uh, and it's it's highly produced. It's from APM, American Public Media, and those guys have been good friends of my show as well. Um, and you know, they're the, the same organization as Dinner oh, Party Download the and download. The Sporkful and uh, In the Dark, which was a huge, you know, true crime hit last year. Uh was all housed with APM, so it's from them as well. So it's it's good stuff.
0: Now, for like uh, day job, I'm just gonna assume that you're a DJ for a radio station
1: that's uh i'm a mobile dj I on the say weekends that,
0: like for weddings
1: yes because you have
0: such a yep. good radio mm-hmm. voice
1: that's what yeah, people tell and, me chris <laughs> people, i just have to take yeah, their word for it but uh i've had a microphone in front of my face in one form or another for close to 20 years so so you is the,
0: and, and you so uh do you love i mean how awesome is it to be a wedding dj because i love weddings
1: I would say it's to me it's the best part-time job in the whole wide world. The best second job. I mean, I get yeah. paid to party every weekend. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And weddings are my focus. I do do other events, obviously in December yeah, a lot yeah. of holiday parties, and in every blue moon I'll break off and do something different. Um, you know, a big house party or uh, you know bridal shows or. You know uh, corporate functions throughout the year, depending on it, you know the the size of the event and stuff. But in my younger days, I did it all. You know, I've been a DJ oh. now for seventeen years, but in my younger days, it was um, it was everything. I did four or five nights a week in the club for about five years. Uh, I did everything from birthday parties to car shows to emceeing fashion shows to. House parties to college parties to high school proms and and, you know I've I've every type of event you can think of over my 17 years I've been there and it's
0: how did that start because that seems like a dying art form I mean I know it exists and and I've been to weddings where people are like who needs a DJ you just have an iPod and that wedding those weddings aren't fun exactly Uh, I've gotten married yeah
1: those are people who are wasting their a good DJ like our DJ uh, Uh,
0: really made our day like he was. Just kept things moving. And our DJ was so wonderful that when my wife's bridesmaid slash best friend uh, uh, got married a few years later, she went back and found him and hired him.
1: Yep, and that's really what it should be. I mean, I've done that a couple times, uh, several times over the years where I've I've worked for the same family more than once. Um, but, you know, I, I say this thing. This is what I tell anybody, any of those people who are like, oh, I'll just get an iPod or whatever. Uh, th- this is my theory, right? And, and you're married, and anybody who's married or is planning a marriage, consider this. Think about this. Um, this is what I tell brides and grooms. If on that day, your wedding day, if it's raining, if it's a little cold, if your best man or maid of honor is a little late, if the food comes out and doesn't taste quite right and nothing seems to be going right, if I'm doing my job, I'm going to make yep. you forget about all that. And at the end of the day, you're still going to feel like you had the best day of your life. But the reverse is true. If the weather's beautiful, everything's on time, you've never looked better, everything's perfect, it's the most beautiful ceremony in the world, the food's the best you ever tasted. If that DJ gets out there and lays an egg, guess what? Yeah. You're not going to have fun that That's day. It's so true. Uh, and so that's the importance of a dj at a wedding so anybody who undermines that or, or doesn't think that's and the funny part is it's it's actually one of the the lesser oh expenses God. compared to <laughs> when you think about know, food really... or the venue or alcohol so, um, you know
0: one thing that i loved about our dj is like they we had like a kind of an interview process with him of what we wanted and i'm like and my whole thing is like i just want everyone dancing and partying and having like a good time and I was like, do whatever you want. If anyone makes a silly request, go for it, because I've got the, my brother's wedding DJ to play Miley Cyrus, so I was due for a good rousing. And uh, But, you know, he did things <laughs> that I didn't think of. Like, I wouldn't think. like So he brought, like, props, and he's like, if the mood's right, I'll do it. And he busted out this, like, uh, pink air like inflatable guitar and now i have some of the funniest photos yeah. of my father-in-law of my entire life who's like a wonderful guy but kind of a stiff and he's wearing like a straw hat and he's playing a fucking pink air guitar and there's a conga line and and i, I mean i love it i'm in for i'm in the bag for silliness and that kind of stuff and you know we, we did shout and like all that stuff and it was uh, buddy the dj what a great dude but um i just i love weddings like now i'm just so in the bag for them i'm like i just want to eat some good food and i just want to fucking dance
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, right? I mean, if, 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 if you really love the, the, the environment, then, you know, then doing what I do is just like the best thing ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's work to it and there's work that, that people don't talk about and there's work that people don't mm-hmm. see, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, the music prep and the phone calls and the equipment maintenance and the costs that I outlay. Because I own all my own stuff. I do work for a company, but I own everything okay. associated with the event. Uh, you know, and, and, and updating the libraries of, of music and, and getting everything lined up and da-da-da-da-da. Um, and, of course, set up and break down and the travel to the sites. It, it, there, there's some ugly parts to it. Don't get me wrong. But... The feeling at the end of the night when two people hopefully come up to you, give you a big hug and a handshake, and sincerely thank you for having a significant contribution for what you hope is the best day of their life. Uh, you know, most people don't get the clock out of their jobs and have people come up to them and do that at the end of their day.
0: So here's another thing I just thought of. So you probably wouldn't even think of this, but you actually have to stay hip with music if you want to play the hit song of the summer. You know, when people get to a certain age, people kind of check out the music, like they watch the Grammys. They're like, who is Chance the Rapper? But, like, you need to know if Robin Thicke's Blurred Line, this is when I got married, is the song that's going to give everyone on the dance floor, or if it's that stupid Black Eyed Peas song that the groom like me hates, but (laughs) Aunt Sally
1: loves it. Well, yes and no. There is a beautiful service uh, called Ah. Promo Only. This service uh, you can only get uh, if you're a radio station or a mobile DJ. In fact, it's all the radio edits that you hear on a radio station. Uh, And I subscribe to those every single month. uh, And I get those auto-delivered to my hard drive. So the thing is, I know I have it. The question is, do I know to play it? Now, uh, because I'm such a podcast fanatic, here's the deep-down dirty secret. I actually don't listen to a lot of music, believe it or not,
0: as a Oh, that's so true for anyone who works in any industry, right? It's like, yeah, musicians too, they're like, I don't really listen to... Like, to ask a touring musician when's the last time he's watched the opening band.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but what I will do is uh, pop open Billboard, uh, billboard.com. I'll review the charts and I will oftentimes go into Apple Music Playlist, you know, today's hits and you know, I'll do a few hours listening before a big event just to kind of familiarize. And of course, I'm usually always open to requests if the, the bride and groom are okay with it. And so I usually don't miss too much, but uh, I'm definitely not on the cutting edge as I used to be when I was uh, in the club. I mean, when I was working in the club for, for those five years, there was no avoiding it, right? I had to have that uh, in a wedding scenario. Well, a club, a like
0: different. a like a dance club? Top four top really? hip hop, yep. That I didn't even yeah. chuckle. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, from uh two thousand three to two thousand eight. Oh wow. Um uh, pretty much any anywhere from two to five nights a week, I was in there. Got fired five <laughs> times in six years. What
0: is that era of hip hop? That's beautiful. uh oh three, I'm trying to think. Ja Rule. Yes. Oh maybe. man,
1: those Yes, jaw rule, um, Nelly, juvenile. Um uh, yes, that, um, you know, get low and little And that's when it goes like all like
0: um what's it called when that like the type of hip hop that was to sound like you're on masculine like Fat Mike or Mike, Mike Jones
1: Fat Joe. Fat Joe. Oh yeah. All that fun stuff, man. It was, uh, to me and I'm completely prejudiced, but I think it was just the greatest area of dance music. I mean, I still, now I have like a mid two thousands hip hop playlist in, in Apple music and on Pandora and I freaking love it. I mean, it was just represents such a great time of, you know, partying for me. And, you know, it was, I was single back then. It was a ridiculous lifestyle. I was basically, you know, pretty much drinking my paycheck every night at the club it was insane so you know those were the good days back in the the 20s i'm i yeah. I'm 38 today but that so that was you in my mid-20s and i was uh it was uh there were good times it's funny you say That's that because there's
0: sure. um i hear the statement people like you know music there's no good music from 2000, 2010, and that's the decade that we're going to skip over. But mind you, people that I'm always hearing saying this are people from like my world, like the punk rock and emo and uh, world. And I was like, yeah. yeah, because that was fucking... And I, as you said, I'm like, of course, because that was dominated by fucking hip-hop. Because, uh, th- yeah, no one was listening to, I don't know cartel or um i love reading and watching vh1 used to do these great specials about it was called and you don't stop 30 years of hip-hop and it was just the socio-economic Mm. background and like just the history of how hip-hop started and where it came to as a music with just in 30 years so when you're getting into like 2003 to 2008 hip-hop as a genre is like a fuck same age you were essentially right like it started there yeah it was it was peak. They,
1: it was peak hip hop yeah. right there, man. I mean, it was, it was all over. It, it felt like it had really permeated culture in a way that was, it, you know, for like the first time. I mean, this was, uh, Fifty Cent in the yep. club, right? Uh, Nelly hot in here, right? This was. Uh, you know when Kanye first uh, broke on the scene with uh, you know Jamie yeah. Foxx and Gold Digger. You know, I mean, this was just everything was uh, Usher. Oh, usher yeah. yeah, you know, this was yeah, yeah. this was just the core of great stuff, and it just seemed to never end. It was just so many great club banging songs that were just uh, just cr- crowd pleasers, and it was it well, was a you, lot of fun. If
0: you thing. think about it in terms of music and the way things work and like waves. That is hip hop's version of the '80s metal scene, because it's just sex, drugs, and 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 uh, promiscuous behavior. Which good for you, whoever you are. Uh, You know, it's just sex, drugs, and money, and people cash money millionaires. I mean, this is just like as a genre that music's only make in their young twenties, and the music to reflect it on the pop culture level. Are also acting like people in their college age. So they're just like, we're gonna get fucking drunk, and we're gonna do drugs, and we're gonna have sex, and we're gonna sing about it, and it's awesome. Well, and it it, it, it seemed it seemed like
1: it was in the time when it really decided to party. get more. It, you know,
0: because you had more,
1: yeah, more party, more adult, more grown up. Because if you look before two thousand three, you found things like. You know, back then were, you know, salt and pepper, push it or vanilla ice or, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe poison. And, you know, it's like, Sure cool stuff but it seemed to really kind of jump mm-hmm. up a gear uh in the mid-2000s in terms of what uh what it was delivering in terms of content and oh, beats yeah. and things of that nature and it was just a young dj's dream i'll tell hip-hop, you
0: hip-hop you know it starts with like almost like that early storytelling with like slick rick where it's just like him rapping like a poet mm-hmm. over a beat and then you get like the black panther's influence with like public enemy and then you get the political sides and then it fractures off into various things as hip-hop should and then it blows up. When Run DMC did that song with Aerosmith, though, that was when it became the it yeah. became mainstream and, like, the Beastie Boys. Oh, remember way. like, the Tipper Gore stuff with uh, the Congress about censorship and then, like, Dee Schneider. And, uh, yep. It was Two, two Life Crew. I think they got censored for Oh Me So yep. Horny. I
1: wouldn't have I think me. that yeah, they were the familiar. reason we have
0: yeah. uh, labels on CDs, which almost don't yeah, exist yeah, yeah. anymore. And now yep. things change quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, not this not might be the did.
0: first time hip-hop has been spoken about on this podcast dan so thank you <laughs>
1: i'm glad to bring it up. man some good stuff back I then i'll tell you you know, it know it's still i'll tell you what man when, in the summertime when the warm weather comes and i got my little barbecue growing on the back deck man i will still throw on my mid-2000s hip-hop playlist and i'll be out there that's on your the deck classic by rock. myself just uh Re- reliving the days. Now, don't get me wrong. Before I became a DJ, and ever since, I'm a rock guy, right? I mean, the '90s alt rock scene oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. all me, right? I mean, I still love all that stuff. But as a DJ, looking at a dance floor, the mid-2000s hip hop. You mean uh, you're not going
0: to put on same. some Def Leppard anymore? Because people are like,
1: Ugh. oh, oh, pour some sugar on <laughs> me. Like, still uh, hit you it don't weddings, get the man. ones where, like,
0: as long as the sugar's gluten free, or like just some jackasses <laughs> like me. <laughs>
1: No, there's 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 rock that will live on forever and that's uh that's that's
0: yeah. For my wedding. It was very important to have a first dance obviously, but I was really focused on having a last dance cuz I'm weird like that. And um, I spent hours over analyzing and I came to the perfect conclusion to end it cuz the way we did it is we got married at this really cool place in the woods, like a, it was a venue and we had a bonfire right after. So and there's no one on the property and we can just drink and smoke weed all night, which was awesome. And um I was like, we need to end the night right. And I, I of all songs, you, you're not going to guess, but Rusted Roots Send Me On My Way is the way to end the. And then my wife and I were just listening to it because we're making a playlist for our daughter. Uh, more just to have music to listen to because I love that idea like music can always connect you to a time. So I'm like, now when I listen to Rusted Roots Send Me On My Way, I, I have like a, a, a flashback to the memory of the last dance of my wedding. And all of my friends got in a circle and started running around us. And like the last part of that song. I remember looking up at my friends jumping on top of each other and just screaming, Send me your way! and just, oh, it's great. I, I, I'm i starting to find that with podcasts, too. Like, I'll, sometimes I'm like, someone brings up, like, um, I guess like if someone famous, and i am be like, oh, I remember listening to that episode when I was driving here, or stuff like that. It's not the same. Yes. Yes.
1: It's it's I, I definitely I definitely remember it in terms of like uh, spatial yes. identity. Right. I can remember where I was, whereas I think, yeah, music definitely is tied Emotion. to a memory. You know, whether you're talking about your last dance at a wedding or I'm talking about my time at a club, definitely more memory centric or, or feeling of a time. But definitely with podcasting, there is that I remember being there in this place <clears throat> You know, I was downstairs when I was listening to that. I was on the way to work when I was listening to that. I was, you know, whatever. I was walking through town when I heard that episode or whatever. So there's definitely a, a spatial component to remembering sort of, and that's when really episodes really stick in your head, right? Like just really make you kind of stop and, and recognize sort of what you're doing, where you are, and that experience sort of I solidifies. have some
0: times I'm like, oh, this is when uh, This American Life made me cry unexpectedly and I had to stop listening because i was at work. <laughs> Damn you, Ira yep, yep, Glass, you yep, son yep. of a bitch! <laughs>
1: oh, that's another. He's, that's another I one. Know. That's another one for my uh, wish list. I think I've sent two emails unresponded yeah, I, to there. Yeah, but. he came
0: here. He like performs at theaters now. I don't know doing what. I didn't get to go, but man, he's a. Uh... You know what's weird though? You get surprised of some of the people you can't get in contact with, but sometimes like the fact that you had a lot of uh, Levine on, I'm still like, oh my god, that's yeah. There's just mo- she's yeah. outside. Sign- I mean, even though she like kind of. over it rightfully so because she's done so much more but she's on Seinfeld she's on the most popular episode of the most popular TV show of all time and still has a wealth of information that was fascinating about her besides that
1: Yeah, and and that's just sort of a footnote to some of the stuff she's done. I mean, the time she spent on Broadway and, you know, the people she's worked with. and I mean, she's like literally family friends with John Slattery, right? And I loved the two John Slattery episodes because you hear them talking and you can tell. They're like, yeah, last summer when we were at the cabin. You know, it's like they are literally... And he's a
0: latecomer. I mean, I know he's been... I know Mad Men was his breakout role, but his role on like 30 Rock is one of my most memorable when he's the... Mm -hmm politician from rhode island who's like trying to beat out queen latifah and just oh my god he he's he's such a funny 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 fucking guy and i'm like oh it, like john ham like you're, you're beautiful and you're funny go fuck yourself you don't deserve it but they found success later so it's okay Well, oh um so now we start i guess start wrapping up do we miss anything that we uh you want to hit on or Oh man, I don't
1: know. You, good? you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're gonna you're gonna reach out to Mark for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can make
0: that. You're gonna make that happen. I don't know if I know anyone who knows Mark's name. I know people who know people who know. I know I can probably get to Mark Marin within three people. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure I can't get a message to him, but I have some Facebook friends who know someone who knows him.
1: Well, I'm sure if I were to go <laughs> through that, I I could probably do that as well maybe <laughs> maybe well let's see he's he's had an association with earwolf let's see because he used to have his show out on howl which was an earwolf production and let's see here i have talked to earwolf people before uh matt gorley matt I was there too so yeah matt gorley back on episode 98 in july of last year
0: yeah. So right there. I mean I've had uh Kyle Clark and I've kinda of it from he was the intro guy and the nerdist and we've emailed back yep. and forth. I don't know if mm-hmm. he might um, I don't know. I'll f I'll ask around. But look at that. <laughs> go through Mac we Just Orley. make the connections, there you, you know. Go. Mac Orley. There you go. Maybe
1: I'll try that. <laughs> I've got a. have got feelers out to a couple of other earwolf people as well. They are they are so huge now and they're such a big uh deal uh they're, they're kind of like tough to work, to work there, through but, but i don't uh, live in la yeah no no, no. same east coast yeah. guy here as well
0: uh, so. so where could uh people find you online
1: let's see here uh absolute best places on twitter that's my most active social media at pod digest uh the website which i hate and hopefully will get uh changed up someday is the podcast digest.info. Uh, I suppose it's on Facebook as well, but that's just really for show posting for people who live in the Facebook world only and don't try other (laughs) things. But uh, at Pod Digest on Twitter is sort of the best place to find me. But obviously I would say search for the Podcast Digest in iTunes or listening app of choice. Check out this uh, back catalog, which uh, I think is pretty cool.